Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Jesus uh, tells us in Matthew 18, he gives us some real key principles on forgiveness. And some of you may be sitting here and saying, well, pastor, you don't understand my circumstances. And you're right, I don't. You don't understand mine, but the Lord does. And the Lord taught us to pray in the Lord's prayer. In Matthew 6, he taught us to pray, Father, forgive us as we have forgiven others, as we have forgiven. So we have to choose, say, but I've forgiven them and they keep messing up. How many ever had that? How many live with a mess up? I was looking right at Nancy when I said that. How many live with a mess up? All right. <laughs> Some of you just dying to raise your hands, but you know you got to go home. So if you've asked how many times we have to forgive, you're not the first. Because Peter asked that question. In Matthew 18, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Some translations of King James says seven times 70. You, you can almost see Peter when he asked this question. How many times do I have to forgive? Seven times? Because in his mind, that, that is a very in, magnanimous answer. Because under Jewish law, you only had to forgive three times. And so he doubles that and he adds one for good measure. And he's feeling good about himself. I've, I've forgiven some seven times, Lord. And the Lord goes, look, it's not just seven times. It's seven times 70 or 77. The point isn't the number. The point is, if you're counting, it doesn't count. Because right. if, really, if you've really forgiven someone, you haven't counted. How many of you have ever done that, though, kept score? You know, well, this is the first time, second 497th, you know, and if you're counting, it doesn't count. So Jesus teaches us why it's important to forgive. Why I must learn to forgive. Matthew 18, 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. Now, we're all familiar with this story, but it's, it's really interesting. The guy owes the king 10,000 talents. Now, those that are supposed to know, commentators and things, estimate that it was probably $12 million. Add some inflation, a little bit more than that. It's a lot of money. And this guy, I don't know if he's the eternal optimist or not. He hasn't been able to pay anything back. But he says to his master, just give me a little more time. He doesn't realize that if he paid $1,000 a day for the next 20 years, he still wouldn't be out of debt. In other words, it's impossible. He's in over his head. So the king makes an inc incredible turnaround. And he decides to forgive him. He decides to forgive him. See, Jesus is telling this story to emphasize a truth, to teach us a life-changing principle. He wants us to learn about the power 
and the benefits of forgiveness. Forgiveness doesn't just benefit the one that you've forgiven. It benefits you more than anybody else. I don't know who it is that has hurt you. I don't know how horrible the circumstances were or how long you have suffered. But I do know this. It's God's will for you to forgive them today, to let it go, to begin to move forward. And I know that God will give you the grace and the power to do that if you're willing to receive it this morning. As we were singing earlier, he can break those chains. He can break those chains of bitterness. For some of you, as soon as I mentioned the subject forgiveness this morning, you kind of went, man, I, I picked a bad day to come to church. <laughs> or some others thought, man, I wish so-and-so was here. Well, they're glad you're here. <laughs> because every one of us need forgiveness. We all need to forgive. I text a friend back in Jackson, Pastor Eddie Couples at Love and Truth this morning. I text him on most Sunday mornings and, and let him know that I'm praying for him. And, uh, and I told him, I'll be preaching at uh, Emmanuel Church today, and I'll be preaching on forgiveness. And, and he texts back, I hope you've forgiven me. And he smiled, because I don't know of anything that I need to forgive him for. But I text back, and said, oh, you're easy to forgive. But I know a few board members and a couple of music guys that I'm still working on. How many have some people that you're still working on? All right. How many have some people that you're still working on? Some of you are looking like, I don't need this. Oh, you're the ones I'm focusing in on this morning. So there's three reasons why we forgive. Number one, there's many more than that, but I just want to talk about three this morning. Number one, I forgive because I've been forgiven. I forgive because I've been forgiven. You can never give what you haven't received. In Matthew 18, verse 27, it says this, the servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt and let him go. I have to let go of the debt that others owe to me because God has let go of the debt that I owe to him. We used to sing a song years ago, probably 20, maybe 25 years ago. He owed a debt. I owed a debt I could not pay. He, he paid a debt he did not owe. Don't try to quote songs from that far back when you're 68, okay? But, but how many remember that song? Our debt against the Lord was, was, was just as, um, as powerful and just as awesome as this man's debt against his friend. Over 12 minutes. In other words, we could never pay it back. There was not anything. Some of us think that the Lord grades on a scale, that he balances our good versus our evil. But it, for those of you that might think that, you need to understand what the, what the Lord says. He says, all of our efforts at righteousness are like filthy rags. In other words, we're always going to come on the short end. If we're trying to earn the forgiveness of God, we're always going to come on the short end of that because one sin separates us from God for eternity. But the Lord sent his son, Jesus, to die in our place, to pay a debt he didn't owe so that we could be forgiven. We've got to understand that we're forgiven. You know, this has been a hard concept for me to live with. Because I grew up in a church where guilt was how the pastor controlled all of us, you know. He knew us quite intimately. It was quite a small church. And, and uh, you know, whatever I'd done that week, he'd probably gotten hurt, uh, wind of it. And so he preached on that on Sunday. And I had to come to the altar again. And I, I grew up never really knowing that I was completely forgiven. But I want to tell you today, I stand before you righteous, 
holy and complete in Christ. You say, that's a little self-righteous. No, I understand my righteousness is not in my own self, but it's through the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter eight, verse one says, there is now no, everybody say no, no, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. And God expects us to do for others what he has done for us. If you want to be forgiven by God, you have to be willing because the Lord teaches us, forgive us as we've forgiven others. Just, just can't emphasize that enough. How would you feel if someone walked up to you this morning and said, I want to pay off all your debts. I want to take your credit cards. I want to take your car payment, your mortgage, your student loans. I want to take all that other debt that you may have. And, and I'm, going to, I'm going to pay it off this morning. How many of you know you'd probably get a little excited about that? You know, especially if you have a lot of debt. If you're living debt-free, it might not be as exciting. But, but if you're living like most people, you're going to be going, wow, what do you think your reaction would be? Well, hopefully it would be a reaction of gratitude. Hopefully it would be an attitude that says, look, man, God's been so good to me. I've got to be good to somebody else. But that's not how this servant reacts. This servant, even though he's been re uh, released from owing millions of dollars worth of debt, he sees a friend. Look at it, verse 28. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. What inequity here. Is, I mean, is this incredible? He, he's been forgiven $12 million. This guy owes in 100 denarii, some, some theologians say probably less than $20. And he grabs the guy and begins to choke him. And under that law, under the customs and law of that day, you could literally choke somebody that owed you money. I guess you're trying to squeeze it out of them or whatever. But, but he begins to do that. And he doesn't just do that. He then goes and has him thrown into prison. Have you ever stopped to think, why did he act like that? I have an opinion. It's my opinion that he acted like that because he really didn't think that he had truly been forgiven. I think that he probably was thinking in the back of his mind, one of these days, that man that I owed all that money to is going to come and he's going to make me pay up after all. See, I found that one of the great, that one of the great hindrances to being able to forgive others is that we don't feel forgiven ourselves. When we haven't been convinced in our hearts that we are free from our guilt and our shame, we tend to hold others accountable for their guilt and their shame. Here's the point. When we feel unforgiven, we tend to be unforgiving. When we feel ungraced, we tend to be ungracious towards others. Some of us have been Christians for a long time, but, but we still don't understand grace, that our sins have been completely wiped out by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And in our hearts, we're thinking, God, I'm going to make it up to you somehow, someday. I'm going to pay you back for all those things that I've done wrong. We creep, keep trying to earn what God has already given to us. And I want to say to you today, if you've never really believed and settled in your heart 
that your past is in the past, that it's completely wiped out, that God chooses not to remember your sins anymore. I want to challenge you to accept that today. Say, how do we accept it? We accept it by faith. It's the only way we can accept it. It sounds like, it sounds like Nancy and I, we got a call a few weeks ago and we own a timeshare. Any other stupid people here that own timeshares? I got a good deal for you if you want one. And, uh, you know, it was good. It, it helped us take good vacations with our, ba with our daughters when they were home. A lot of good memories. But, but they, they, uh, they call and they wanted to meet with us and tell us a new program. And, and they promised us, they promised us that if we would come to the meeting at the Hilton Garden Inn right off of Paper Mill there, that uh, they would give us a $50 gift card to Amazon, a $100 restaurant gift card, and two nights plus airfare, several different places around. So we go, and they're telling, and what it is, they're wanting to buy our timeshare. And they're saying, we're going we're gonna to get you free. Because with a timeshare, you share not only your time, you share your money with that company for the rest of your life, because we paid it off right after we bought it. But then the monthly fees, you know, are, are something. And they said, we can get you out of that. And they're going through all this and we're sitting there and we're looking at each other like, this is too good to be true. There's gotta be a catch. And so if you've ever been to one of those things, what they do when you, when you say no, they bring in the next top gun. <laughs> they bring in somebody with a little more pressure. So he comes over. And, and they kind of act like, oh, you must not understand because nobody in their right mind would give this up, opportunity up. And he sits down and he quickly scribbles on a piece of paper. And all of a sudden they introduce for the first time that in order for the, us to give them our timeshare, we're going to have to pay them $7,000 on top of giving them the deed to our timeshare. And I go, oh, just when you thought it was too good to be true. It proved to be too good to be true. Oh, no, no, no. Some of us have that attitude towards Christ. It's just too good to be true. But I want to, I wish somehow by the Holy Spirit, there's no way I can convince you, but by the Holy Spirit for you to understand that we are forgiven. Those things that separated us. Last Sunday, the church in my hometown that they're doing fantastic. And I looked out. And, and, and it was filled with people whose lives had been scarred and marred by sin, people who had been on drugs, people who had been in jail, people who had had life-controlling issues, but yet they had been set free and they were declared righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that's what, that's what Christ has done for us. We forgive because we've been forgiven. Anytime you find someone who's judgmental, overcritical, always finding fault with others, others and putting them down, unloving, unbending, they've never come to grips with the forgiveness that Christ has for them. They're hiding unresolved guilt. Inside, they're feeling unforgiven. And today, God wants to, you to know you can be forgiven. You need to receive that today. Ephesians 4, verse 32, Paul writes this, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. You'll never forgive anyone as much as God has forgiven us through the work of Christ on the cross. That's the first key to being able to forgive is to realize we're forgiven. I forgive because I'm forgiven. 
Secondly, I forgive because resentment ruins my life. I forgive because resentment ruins my life. See, the truth is resentment hurts you more than it hurts anyone else. It makes you the victim. Some of you have been hurt in the past. Well, let me change that. All of us have been hurt in the past. And, and if we continue to allow those people to hurt us, that's just not smart. Because they're not paying a price. We're paying a price for our lack of forgiveness. Your past is the past. And the only way those people that hurt you in the past can continue to hurt you is with your permission. The only way the people that hurt you in the past, you say, you don't understand. I've got an ex. Well, I thank God I don't have an ex. I don't know what Nancy is or Y or Z, but I'm thankful for her. But I know this, we've, I've hurt her and she's hurt me. But, but if your ex is still hurting you, well, how long has it been? 97 years. <laughs> and you're still, I started to say, still walking in bitterness. No, you're waddling in bitterness if you've been hurt that long. The only way they can hurt you is if you give them permission. See, I understand this because, the, see, the resentment, holding on to resentment is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. It's like taking a 12-gauge shotgun and pointing the barrel at, or pointing the, the, the armrest at the other guy, hoping the recoil will hit him while the blast destroys you. We allow other people. I mean, I, I've thought about that. There, have we been hurt? Yeah, we, we've been hurt. We pastored for 45 years. We've been hurt. Have we hurt others? Yeah, we've hurt others. I can honestly say I've never intentionally hurt anyone, but I've, I've said some stupid things through the years that, that hurt people. I, I've made some decisions that hurt people, and I've had to seek forgiveness and seek reconciliation, and I've had to offer forgiveness. Has it been easy? No. You know, you, you say, well, what do you do? You, 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 you just keep forgiving? Yes. Let me, let me tell you about one guy. This guy... In, in the church in Kentucky. So we were in Jackson 27, almost 27 years. So this is a long time ago. And, and this guy was one of those music guys that I was talking about. When Satan fell from heaven, he fell into the choir loft. And uh, so sorry for all you musicians. But, uh, but this guy, we, we came to this church from a church we had planted. We had started the church and had tremendous success and never should have left wrong long story but we went to a church that was 50 years old and and this guy he tells me and the very first time I'm talking to him he tells me he said the reason this is such a great church is because of my ministry and I go and what besides humility what other gifts do you possess and uh, and this guy he he was a character and he he told me he said Every time, he mentioned my predecessor's name, said every time he'd do something that I didn't want him to do, I'd just go in, and if he didn't change his mind, I'd offer my resignation, and he would, he would back away. He would, he would change his mind. Well, it didn't take him long to find some things that I did that he didn't like, so he came in and offered his resignation, and I took it, <laughs> and all hell broke loose. I mean, all hell broke loose, and he did everything he could to destroy me, 
and to destroy my reputation and to destroy the church he said he loved. It was horrible. I, he came before the board and I invited him and said, if you want to come talk to the board, you can do that. And at first he said no, and then he said, I'll do that. And he came, he had three legal pages filled with things that I had done wrong. I'd only been there a couple of months. I said, give me a year, that whole pad will be filled. And uh, he, he made our life miserable. And eventually, a year later, took about 100 people and split the church and started their own church called Church of Hating Randy is what they named it. And, uh, and did, did I forgive him? Yes, 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 yes. It took a long time. I mean, it was hard. See, forgiveness doesn't mean you forget. That, that's what some people mistake, thinking that forgiveness and, forgive, and forgetfulness are the same thing. No, only the Lord can do that. And I'm looking around. I don't see him here. I, he's here, but I don't, you know what I'm saying. Y'all don't look like him. I, well, now I'm really getting in trouble. Now you're going to have to forgive me for, you know, unkind things I've said today. But you know what? We just kept forgiving. And every time those feelings would come, I'd say, Lord, we let that go. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. Let it go one more time. And you know what? I was telling this story three or four months ago, preaching in a church, and, and, uh, and I tried to remember that guy's name, and I couldn't remember his name. That's how complete the forgiveness of the Lord and, and someone said, try real hard. I go, I'm not going to try hard. I don't want to remember his name. You know, but I chose to forgive. Why? Because I'd been forgiven. And because resentment is too high of a price to pay. Matthew 18, verse 33 says this. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant? Just as, there's that word again. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant? Just as I had on you. In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. In the Greek word, the, in the Greek, the word jailer literally means torturer. But what the Lord is saying is that this guy deserves the torture chamber. And, and the truth is nothing tortures your life more than resentment. Bitterness is a, is a poison worse than cancer. Once you swallow it, it will eat you alive. And God wants us to let go of our anger and our hurt and our resentment because it robs us of our peace. It robs us of our joy. It robs us of our happiness. It robs us. It messes us up physically and spiritually as well. Did you know that bitterness can, can destroy your body? Heart Circulation magazine stated that the people who refuse to forgive and who carry a grudge and bitterness in their heart are twice as likely to have a stroke, three times as likely to have a heart attack or bypass surgery, and four times as likely to have unhealthy cholesterol. In another study, Stanford researchers have linked carrying a grudge to the higher levels of diabetes and cancer. There's a physical cost, not just a spiritual, not just an emotional, but a physical cost. Do you want to be happy? Do you want to be free? Then you have to let it go. You have to forgive. You can't have happiness and bitterness at the same time. Do you ever try that? Do you ever try to be happy? 
but yet you're still hanging on. You still got some old wounds in your back pocket. And just when you think happiness is finally within your reach, they find a way to get out of the pocket and back into your heart. And God's saying, it's time to let go. Say, well, Pastor Randy, how do I know if I need to forgive someone? Let me give you a couple tests. Number one's the blame test. Who are you blaming for your unhappiness? Who are, your blame, who are you blaming for not being where you wanted to be in your life? Well, if they, if they hadn't done this, if they had done this, if, if they, and it's always they, it's never, it's never taking responsibility for ourselves. If you talk about people like that, there's some forgiveness that needs to come. There's the bitterness test, collecting debts and keeping score. Adding interest to people's debt will destroy you. Anytime you hold bitterness in your heart and uh, it's like you're carrying around a scale and anytime they do anything good, you can't appreciate it because their bad always outweighs their good because you've never let them go. Some, some of the couples that sit here this morning, well, probably not here, but in the closest church to us. What's that church right down the hill? In that church this morning, there's some couples that that maybe one or both made a huge mistake, but it's been years, but they've never moved past that mistake because they never forgot it. The husband or the wife may have tried and tried and tried, but they can never gain, gain uh, forgiveness because they're always in debt. Sometimes we have to take responsibility for the destruction of our own relationships but we have to take personal uh, uh, responsibility for that. It's not the original sin that kills the marriage. It's that stubborn refusal to let it go. It's that stubborn refusal to forget and to stop walking in bitterness. There's the, thirdly, there's the behavior test. I don't know if you've ever done this. Have you ever found yourself reacting to someone that maybe you're just meeting them. Maybe you just met the Setons. And you look at Susan and you go, she's an angel. And you look at mom and you go, she's an angel. Then you look at these two guys and they look just alike. And they remind you of somebody. Somebody that hurt you. You ever had that happen? And you're trying to love them and trying to to, but but it, you just when you see them, it's like those things on TV where somebody else's face pops up and you can't get past that because you need to forgive. You need to let go. You need to let go. Don't allow past relationships to destroy current relationships. Number three, I forgive not only because I'm forgiven, but thirdly, I forgive because I'll need to be forgiven again. I'll need to be forgiven again. You know what I'm saying here? None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. BJ's not perfect. Rink comes close, but none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. Matthew 18, 35. This is how your heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Matthew 6, 12, we read it at the beginning. Let me read it one more time. Forgive us our sins just as 
we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. We're not, we can't receive what we're unwilling to give. We cannot receive. It's not that God can't forgive. It's that we can't receive. If we are, are blo- we're blocking forgiveness of future sins because we've never let people go from their past sins. If you want forgiveness, you have to offer forgiveness. That's the equation. Do you remember how Jesus taught us to pray? Forgive us as we forgive others. Do you really want to pray that prayer? One guy came to John Wesley one time many years ago and said, I could never forgive that man. Wesley looked him in the eye and said, then I hope you never need to be forgiven because forgiveness is a two-way street. And he looked at him and said, don't burn the bridge over which you yourself must travel again sometime. I forgive because I'll still need to be forgiven. Matthew 18, 35, this is how your heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive from your heart. Circle that, from your heart. Forgiveness is more than intellectual. It's emotional. It's spiritual. It flows not just from your head, but from your heart. Matthew 5, 7 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. What you give out, you receive back. It's reciprocal. Forgiveness is a lifestyle. It has to be continual and constant. You must ask for forgiveness. You must offer forgiveness. And we must accept God's forgiveness. Forgiveness is the hallmark of a Christian. And if we don't give it, then we shouldn't be calling ourselves Christians. Because this is what being a Christian is all about. Receiving Christ's forgiveness and then offering his forgiveness to others. There's two things, really only two things you can do when you've been hurt. Number one is rehearse it. Or number two, you can release it. And it's our choice. We can rehearse it, and I've done that. But the problem is, every time I rehearse it, you know what? I, I, I joke, and when I was talking about the music guy in Kentucky, but if I sit and allow myself, when I see some of my friends from that church that we pastored, inevitably some of them will go, we're so sorry that that happened. And, and if I sit there and let them you know, love on me a little bit, quote, love on me a little bit, saying you weren't guilty, you know, that feels good. But what happens? I slip right back into that resentment. I slip right back into it. So I have to say, you know what? That's a long time ago. He's dead. He is. He's dead. And and he can't hurt me anymore. So why am I going to relive that? The second thing, you can release it. Job said this in chapter 11, verse 13. Or Job's friend said this to him, put your heart right, reach out to God, then face the world again, firm and courageous. Then all your troubles will fade from your memory like floods that are past and remembered no more. One time, Charlie Brown and Snoopy are in the backyard and somebody knocks on the door and Snoopy goes and, or Charlie Brown goes and he checks and it's Lucy. And he comes back to the backyard and he says, uh, he says, Snoopy said, Lucy's out front. And uh, she has that poodle, you know, the one that you always liked. And, and, he, and, and Charlie, uh, the dog says, I don't want to see that poodle. He goes, why not? So, well, it was a long time ago, but I was just a little pup. I was running, I was stumbling, I was flipping and flopping. And, and, and in walks this poodle and my heart began to thump, thump, thump. 
He said, and all of a sudden I realized I was in love. He said, I did everything I could. We started playing a game of catch back and forth with the stick. And, and, and one time it was her time to, 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 to chase the stick. And, and when I looked up, she hadn't gone after the stick. There was a big English sheepdog that she'd found, and she was playing with him. And Charlie says, you still remember that? And Snoopy says, I still have the stick. For some of us, it's time to throw the stick away. It's time to throw the stick away. Let's pray. With our heads bowed for just a moment, let me ask you a very important question, in fact, too. Number one, do you need the Lord's forgiveness today? The good thing is I can stand here and guarantee that if you'll open up and acknowledge your need of his forgiveness and confess what it is that, and quit hiding behind excuses, just come clean before him and confess to him what it is you need to be forgiven of, he guarantees that he'll forgive you. The other question is, who do you need to forgive? What stick have you been carrying around all these years? Maybe it was just a few weeks ago. Maybe it was a few days ago. For some, it's been years, many, many, many years. And over the years, that stick's gotten heavier and heavier and heavier. And the truth is, it's just going to get heavier until you're willing to throw it aside and forgive. If you need forgiveness or if this is your time to forgive, this is the day to do it. Let me pray a prayer. Father, I didn't ask people to raise their hands because the truth is, Lord, most every one of us have some things that we either need to be forgiven of or that we need to forgive. Lord, help us to somehow allow your Holy Spirit to break through that mentality of the world that somehow keeps us held back in our own guilt and our shame thinking that the only way to ever really be free for what we've done in the past is to, is to earn it. You get what you pay for. Lord, help us to understand the mentality of the kingdom, that everything we receive, we receive by grace. And there's not a person in this room today that when you hung on the cross and cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, wasn't included in that prayer. I was, Lord, Pastor BJ, Pastor Rick, all of us, Lord, we're included. And we say, thank you. We don't understand it. God, we can't, it doesn't make sense to our minds. But Lord, today we choose to receive that forgiveness and the, the, the release of the shame that comes with that forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that we are free in you this morning. Now, Lord, help us to free as you've forgiven us, help us to forgive others. Would you call in your own heart right now? Would you just take a moment and call out whoever it is? Might be your mom, dad, brother, sister. It might be whoever, whoever it is. Would in your own mind, would you just say, Lord, with your help, I choose to forgive today. I choose to forgive you may have to do it again tonight. You may have to do it again tomorrow. You may have to do it over and over. But God wants to give you the grace to let go and to forgive. 
and to quit carrying that stick that's turned into a log and to be free from that bitterness. Lord, we trust you. Your word says whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. And we trust you, Lord, to forgive us and to set us free in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Andy. Wasn't that good? I think that was a timely, timely message. You know, one of the things I think that God's vision for our church is that we are a healing church. And uh, I think we're actually called to be a healing church for people who are hurt out in the world and even hurt out in religion. And, you know, hurt people tend to hurt people. But if we will learn to do what he said, walk in forgiveness, it's going to take a lot of forgiveness when a hurt person comes in and brings their hurts with them. But if we'll walk in this forgiveness like he described, wow, how far can we go in God? We've got to learn how to let things go. I like that letting go of the stick. I also like that um, about, uh, I found out all those diseases are caused by, caused by carrying things, not by what I eat. So if I forgive, I can pretty much eat anything. That's what I heard. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> yeah, Praise the Lord. <laughs> um, but yeah, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Assembly, is a, we're, we're a healing church and, and we're going to do this. We're going to walk in forgiveness. We're not going to carry stuff. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Randy. Let's show him our appreciation. And uh, let's just dismiss with a prayer. Father God, we just love you. We thank you for your word. Lord, I ask that you would bring it to our remembrance, plant it in our hearts, cause it to grow and flourish. And Lord, let us not just be hearers of this word, but doers of it. In Jesus' name. And, and uh, may we be blessed this week as we go out. And uh, blessed, bring us back, <laughs> bring us back safely uh, to continue fellowshiping together and uh, pushing the ball forward as far as advancing the kingdom in the earth today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen.